What? College matters. What? College, college matters. matters. Really? For sure. College matters. Alma, Alma matters. matters. You know, you don't choose which country you're born in, which um, city you're born in. In most cases, which high school um, mm-hmm. you would go to. Right. And the first major decision that you can take as a human being almost is which college you would go to. Absolutely. And that if you make that part of the journey accessible at scale for millions of students, you can make a profound impact in the world. You can change the world. That is Rohan Pasari, co-founder and CEO of Cialfo a global edtech company based in Singapore. Hello, I'm your host, Venkatraman. When Rohan was getting ready to apply to college in Kolkata, India, his high school did not have a college counselor to guide him. Three years later, while he was still at NTU in Singapore, his sister was preparing to apply to college and going through the same pains and anxieties he had gone through without a college counselor. Rohan stepped in and helped his sister and her friends with college guidance. Reflecting on his own college experience and its profound impact, he felt it was an imperative to make the college journey accessible to the tens of millions of college-bound students everywhere. Rohan joins us on our podcast to tell us how Cialfo got started the difference they make to students, schools, counselors, and colleges. Their goal of serving 100 million students by the year 2030, and advice for college-bound students. Now, before we jump into the podcast, here are the high fives, five highlights from the podcast. We started a independent education consulting practice, IEC. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a service-based, it ended up being a very service-based business, you know, one thing led to another. Mm-hmm. And really the first student that we helped in Singapore ended up getting mm-hmm. to Wharton mm-hmm. um, in the US. And uh, we were like, wow, this is wonderful. Mm-hmm. Students as they're affiliated to a high school can mm-hmm. now log in into CLFO and mm-hmm. uh, manage their career exploration and college application journey. So a typical student joins CLFO in grade eight or grade nine mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. mandated by their high school. But we are getting uh, a lot of requests from high schools that don't have those dedicated college counselors to provide that uh, to them. Um, mm-hmm. So they're saying, hey, can you also help place a college counselor in my school? Or can we in some ways I don't want to use a word, but essentially outsource. Uh, we have 300,000 students on a platform. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, we are targeting about 100 million students on a platform uh, by 2030. Um, mm-hmm. So that's a key goal. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's a number, it's a battle cry. It is a number that we aspire towards. Um, yeah. To be able to show and project ourselves the impact that we want to create. Uh, yeah. for students around the world. When you're applying for universities, um, be open to change. 
um, you know, diversify your options of the universities you would apply to and the countries that you would apply to. Uh, you know, you're not, you don't have to choose one destination or one university. What do you think is a dream university uh, may change uh, based uh-huh. on what you learn about how these institutions operate? These were the high fives brought to you by College Matters. Alma Matters. Matters. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts now. I'm sure you want to hear the entire podcast with Rohan. So without further ado, here's the podcast with Rohan Pasari. What I would like to do today is uh, talk about your journey, um, you know, how you've gotten Cialfo started. But I thought before we get there, maybe a little bit about your background, uh, a little bit about your education and experience and, you know, why you're doing all this. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, thanks, Venkat. So excited to be here. Um, and really, the journey started uh, when I was an international student uh, myself. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I grew up in India uh, mm-hmm. in a city called Kolkata, which is in the eastern part of India. Mm-hmm. And I went to a school which had no college counselors. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was a history teacher uh, mm-hmm. who would send documents to mm-hmm. the universities, uh, you know, send our transcripts and so on and so forth. And bless her soul for doing that. But there yeah. was no dedicated college counselor who, you know, we could go to talk about our college aspirations. And so really I was, you know, at a loss mm-hmm. where I wanted to study, what I wanted to study. And when the running joke in India uh, is that if you don't know what you want to study, you study engineers. <laughs> uh, and uh, that's, that's, you know, how I shortlisted. Uh, my, uh, uh, you know, uh, course. And yeah. um, in the absence of a college counselor at school, I went to a career counselor outside yeah. of school. Um, yeah. I took a bunch of aptitude tests. Uh, a week later, um, you know, I go back to the career counselor. Lo and behold, she tells me, you know, Rohan, you're great for engineering. You should do that. <laughs> I'm like, come on. I was hoping for a different answer. But um so be it, you know, I said, okay, you know, um, let's focus on engineering. Uh, but, you know, I was like, you know, can I go to a destination where I can have a multidisciplinary uh, experience? And mm-hmm. India at the time did not offer that. Uh, and yeah. things have changed in the last 15 years. India has a lot of institutions uh, that offer a liberal arts kind of an education now. Right. Um, so in the absence of that, I was looking at U.S., uh, as mm-hmm. a primary destination, I was looking at UK because it offered, you know, uh, a multidisciplinary education. Right. So, um, you know, I considered that um, I went to the American embassy uh, mm-hmm. to learn more. Mm-hmm. Um, there was no Education USA, uh, mm-hmm. which is a government-funded organization. Right. Uh, but uh, in my city at the time. Yeah. Um, so there was a librarian at the American embassy uh, who would say, here is a FISC guide. Uh, it was a physical book, yeah. uh, believe it or not. We, uh, and I was flipping through the pages, not in a digital book, in a physical book, trying to figure out to my study options. And I realized I have to take the standardized test. Um, yeah. So I took that SAT. I got a 2350 yeah. um, on the 2400 uh, at the yeah. time. Yeah. And uh, like, okay, you know, these are now the college options that I can consider. I came yeah. up with a list of colleges. And after a few weeks of research and preparation, I came back to my parents saying, 
hey, uh, mom and dad, these are the colleges that I think, you know, I want to consider. Yeah. Uh, my dad looks at me, looks at these uh, different uh, options and says, son, we love you. But we don't <laughs> quite have a quarter million dollars for yeah. your undergrad education. And, uh, and we don't want to take any student debt uh, or any kind of debt. Um, yeah. And really, that was the right decision. Right. It definitely defined my parameters more narrowly, mm-hmm. but it was the right decision to not take any debt. Um, and applying for aid, financial yeah. aid, as an international student is incredibly complex and hard, notwithstanding the application process itself. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I was still trying to figure out, well, you know, what I should do. Um, and at the same time, um, NUS and NTU, uh, National University of Singapore, yeah. Nanyang Technology University, a couple of leading institutions in Singapore came to my high school for uh-huh. a college visit, for a physical college visit. Mm-hmm. Um, I was quite fascinated uh, by what they had to say and offer. Uh, really, Singapore was not even in my radar at the time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like, all right, this is great. And it's just four hours away from home instead of you right. know, like 16 hours. Um, and uh, I applied and I got a full scholarship and I came mm-hmm. to NTU. Mm-hmm. And that changed my life. Uh, mm-hmm. It really had such a great, uh, I really had such a great education experience mm-hmm. at NTU. Um, but um, within the first year, I realized uh, definitely engineering is not for me. <laughs> um, you know, I was good in math and science. Um, and I scored well academically, but I was not really passionate about the field itself. Yeah. Um, but you couldn't really, at the time, change your majors. Um, so yeah. I thought, all right, I'll, I'll continue with the major, but I'm certainly not going to be an engineer uh, as a pro, uh, you know, as a professional. Yeah. So then I tried my hand in something that you know Indians do when they realize engineering is not for them, um, which is investment banking. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I did that. Uh, that was seemingly the natural course for a lot yeah. of engineers. Um, yeah. at least uh, from India at the time. So I did that and I was lucky. I got an internship at Barclays Capital and mm-hmm. uh, I learned two things about myself. Yeah. yeah. I hate investment banking. <laughs> uh, and um, uh, money was not such a key driver for me. Yeah. Uh, of course, it's important, but it is not something that I wanted to uh, just focus on. Um, yeah. And this was uh, the end of my junior year, so I was a rising senior in college. I mm-hmm. came back to Kolkata for my summer, for the remainder mm-hmm. of my summer. And uh, I was working with my sister on her college apps. Yeah. Uh, and she was graduating high school. She was going through the same pains and anxieties that I was going through. And that made me reflect on my education experience. Um, you see like, you know, you don't choose which country you're born in, which um, city you're born in, in most cases, which high school um, Mm -hmm. you would go to. And the first major decision that you can take as a human being almost is which college you would go to. And that, if you make that part of the journey accessible at scale for millions of students, you can make a profound impact in the world. You can change the world. Mm -hmm. So that's, you know, how I was thinking about it. Um, like this is very meaningful. I love helping my sister. You know, I loved helping her friends. 
-hmm. And how can I do this at scale? How can I do this uh, and, you know, on a living uh, out of doing what I thought was really meaningful to me? Mm -hmm. So I went back uh, to Singapore for my final year, you know, completed that, um, met, you know, with my friend at the time, who has now become my co-founder over the last 10 years, Stan Lee. Mm-hmm. And he apparently had a very similar experience uh, as I did, but mm-hmm. growing up in Singapore. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, so, you know, we were both passionate about solving this problem, but uh, we were like 21 years old, right. um, not knowing how to actually solve this. Mm-hmm. So we said, you know, let's try to help a bunch of students in Singapore, yeah. um, you know, navigate this college experience and see whether we can earn a living out of doing this. Mm-hmm. So we, you know, what ended up happening is we started a independent education consulting practice, mm-hmm. IEC. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a service-based, it ended up being a very service-based business, you know, one thing led to another. Mm-hmm. And really the first student that we helped in Singapore ended up getting mm-hmm. to Wharton mm-hmm. Um, in the US. And uh, we were like, wow, this is wonderful. Um, this was so satisfying, and uh, I guess we can do this. We can help, uh, you know, more and more students. Um, and uh, so that's that's what we did. Um, you know, a few years, uh, a couple of years, a few years down the road, uh, we were helping 200 students, uh, mm-hmm. you know, who were graduating high school and looking to get into colleges. Um, but you know, I realized. While that was very meaningful to me uh, mm-hmm. and Stanley and the team that we had built, yeah. we wanted to not just be able to help 200 students, but be able mm-hmm. to help millions of students and right. really help students that needed the financing, needed that access. Mm-hmm. So we ended up selling the education consultants, uh, consultancy, uh, mm-hmm. which, by the way, Venkat, I did not know was actually possible. Like it was a service business, right? I mean, it was not a... Yeah, yeah. A asset. Um, yeah. So we ended up doing that, um, uh, and we used all of the money that we got to start C Alpha, as mm-hmm. you see today, which is a technology company connecting high schools and students and universities in one platform. So, so yeah. So here we are. Um, that's that's why we started C Alpha to really make higher education accessible to mm-hmm. students globally and. Uh, that is, uh, you know, it's really based on my own uh, journey. You know, um, I see the problem, right? And um, how do you make it, you use the term accessible. What do you do to make it accessible to the high school students? Yeah, so this is a platform that is used by high schools on one side and universities on the other. Um, so mm-hmm. when we look at the high schools, we offer a SaaS-based uh, solution to high schools, a software mm-hmm. solution to high schools. Mm-hmm. Um, and these uh, high schools are the ones who pay us a fee, who started mm-hmm. by paying us a fee. Now we also have a free version of the software mm-hmm. uh, for schools that don't have a technology budget. Right. Um, so students don't pay anything. Uh, whether mm-hmm. the high school pays us or high school does not pay us, students mm-hmm. don't pay us anything. Students, mm-hmm. as they're affiliated to a high school, can mm-hmm. now log in into C-Alpha and mm-hmm. uh, manage their career exploration and college application journey. 
So a typical student joins CIAFO in grade eight or grade nine mm -hmm. as mm -hmm. mandated by the high school. Mm -hmm. They would uh, take a you know, bunch of tests. Uh, and you know we have localized a lot of these aptitude tests, um, mm -hmm. not just um, you know something that I took, which told me take up engineering, right. but a little more robust, a yeah. little more based on behaviors, um, and localized for different you know uh, uh, regions. Um, how a student in America looks at it is very different from mm -hmm. how a student mm -hmm. in India or China looks at it. Mm -hmm. um, so that's how it starts. Um, mm -hmm. That uh, spits out a few. Um, not just career opportunities, but what kind of specializations in university you can consider. And it, mm -hmm. it comes up with a bunch. Yeah. And there's a series of tests that you start. Then uh, you start uh, entering your profile, your academic mm -hmm. profile and your extracurricular profile on CLFO. Mm -hmm. uh, and then we have a algorithm that starts mm -hmm. suggesting uh, which universities can mm -hmm. be a good fit for you, mm -hmm. uh, which is also divided into three categories, a academic fit, a preference mm -hmm. fit, and mm -hmm. a demonstrated interest. Now, mm -hmm. you can be a student uh, that is very well accomplished and can get into a UC Berkeley, mm -hmm. uh, but UC Berkeley may not be a good fit. It's a large institution, um, right. you know, and you may want to get into a more liberal arts kind of an experience and maybe a Harvey Mudd is a better fit. Um, yep. So what is an academic fit for you is very different from what is a preference fit for you. Mm -hmm. um, so we churn those suggestions out uh, mm -hmm. to the student. Students can start looking at those uh, options mm -hmm. um, and um, start uh, applying to those universities um, on CIAFO itself. Um, so we have, I mean, I gave a couple of examples of American institutions, but we yeah. in fact have 15,000 college profiles across uh, 100 over countries. Wow. Mm -hmm. um, on CLFO. So students can search for universities across in these different countries. Mm -hmm. And uh, really what we've seen on CLFO, uh, students are applying on average to three different countries, not mm -hmm. three colleges, three different countries. Yeah. Um, they want to hedge their options. They want to consider, you know, America, but UK and Canada and Australia and the domestic, uh, you know, uh, country. Mm -hmm. um, and then they can apply to these institutions directly mm -hmm. through CIAFO, uh, mm -hmm. through our latest um, uh, feature called mm -hmm. Direct Apply, our latest mm -hmm. uh, launch called Direct Apply. And Direct Apply mm -hmm. is a singular platform mm -hmm. where you can use to apply to universities around the world, uh, mm -hmm. which has never existed when mm -hmm. um, Students could use the Common App to apply to the US. Yep, they, yep. they can use the UCAS to apply to the UK. But these are all systems that sit outside and yeah. students have to keep entering the information again and again and again. So right. we build this common app which connects all of these systems and mm -hmm. allows the students to apply to universities in Canada and Australia and UK and India and you know, in the US. Sure. Um, and, and then uh, they start receiving offers and then they make an informed choice. Now along this entire process, uh, the counselors who are using the platform in tandem mm -hmm. uh, are working with the students uh, to personalize their college experience. Mm -hmm. Now we have schools that we work with where they have dedicated college counselors. So we work with some of the most uh, elite and uh, well-resourced international schools yeah. or independent schools. They have a ratio of 
30 students to a counselor and those counselors can give a very personalized experience mm-hmm. and you know they can use the alpha uh, to enhance that experience for the students we yeah. also work with a lot of schools a lot of high schools where the ratio of college counselor to a student is 200 is to one yeah. But again, schools like I went to where there was no dedicated college counselor, but they take up CLFO um, to be able to help the student. In those mm-hmm. cases, the student you know, can self-navigate uh, through this uh, journey on CLFO uh, in the process of getting into a best fit university. So that you know, hopefully gives you a understanding of uh, uh, what CLFO does for students. You mentioned the last part, which was someone like you who didn't have access to a counselor. Um, they basically, uh, it's a do-it-yourself for them, right? You provide all the sort of uh, smarts and um, the help and the match and the fit. Um, so any any thoughts on uh, providing them with counselors from that network or are they all dedicated to schools at this point and hence not, they're not available? Yeah, so... Uh, that's a great question, uh, Venkat. Uh, we um, uh, are not offering any individualized college counseling service to the student at a fee. Um, sure. You know, we, we that's not the model that we are going into. Uh, but we are getting uh, a lot of requests from high schools that don't have those dedicated college counselors to provide that uh, to them. Um, mm-hmm. So they're saying, hey, can you also help place a college counselor in my school? Or can we in some ways, I don't want to use a word, but essentially outsource the college counseling yeah. Yeah. Um, element to see Alpha. They're like, you know, we love your platform. You know, you understand what this is. You know, we don't have a setup. We don't have a history of doing this. So instead of us trying to, you know, figure this out, can you just set up everything? Mm-hmm. So so we've started doing that um, in, in countries uh, that we are getting those requests where we uh, set up a college counseling lab uh, almost, mm-hmm. or a college mm-hmm. counseling cell where, uh, you know, we can set up those accounts for them. We can, you know, streamline the transcripts and the school profile, which is needed by institutions in the U.S. and U.K. Um, and just set up that infrastructure for them. And mm-hmm. also... Uh, place college counselors um, for those schools, which can then serve the students. Um, so that is that is what we started enabling, because really when you see uh, the international schools uh, and the independent schools that really serve, you know, the five percent of students uh, yeah. that are going to colleges, or even less, ninety-five percent of students in the world don't have access to a dedicated college counselor. Absolutely. Um, and uh, how do we and how do we solve? this problem and this journey without doing that. And I, and I strongly believe technology cannot replace a human being uh, in Absolutely. our situation at least, right? It can Absolutely. enhance the experience for students and the counselors. It can enhance the ratio, but it cannot replace completely. So as much as we're trying to help the student self navigate this journey, but you still need a college counselor to personalize that experience. Um, and we're working with schools to also enable that. Okay. Now, I understand schools. I understand students. Now, why are institutions playing with you? Why do colleges um, think this is good for them? Yeah. So this was also um, 
you know, uh, sort of something that, that led one one thing led to another. Mm-hmm. Uh, we always wanted to work with universities around the world to create more meaningful engagements, you know, for the students. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, we, we were not quite sure how we would go about it. And right. we were forced into that uh, by our counselors, actually. Mm. So we've always, you know, been very obsessed with the student experience and the counselor experience. What can yeah. we do beyond our means to be able to help this community? So that that obsession uh, got us to talk to college counselors, you know, who were struggling in the beginning of the pandemic, mm-hmm. uh, who came to us and said, look, we need uh, a way to be able to engage these universities in the absence of a college visit. Uh, universities can't travel to my high school, you know, and uh, I want the students to be able to get access to them. Uh, mm-hmm. And you, and that w- was so important for me, you know, if uh, I went to NDU because of the college visit, so I knew the impact a college visit right. can have. Right. So we like, okay, l- let's try to figure out how can we, you know, replace the physical college visit. Mm-hmm. So we, we actually just, uh, you know, brought, brought Zoom in to the picture and enabled universities to organize virtual fairs and virtual college visits uh, mm-hmm. in Seattle itself. In mm-hmm. 2020, it was a raging success, very high mm-hmm. engagement. Every student in our school wanted to engage with these universities until it was not. Uh, <laughs> in 2021, uh, these engagements you know, fell uh, for a number of reasons. People were Zoomed out, you know, Zoom fatigue um, yeah. you know, across you know, industries and across uh, sectors, we yeah, saw this. Yeah. But also, Absolutely. students started realizing that these, this content that universities are sharing with them is not unique. It yeah. started seeming very similar from one, you know, college fair to another college fair. And um, a, a lot of the information they could find on the internet itself. Mm-hmm. Um, so they were talking to this individual. They were not having this physical connection but the content that was being shared was all was already available mm-hmm. and and that you know dropped the engagement even further mm-hmm. um, so uh, in in those experiences that we were creating we started yeah. noticing a pattern and a problem uh, yeah. and uh, we had by then uh, late 2020 early 2021 we had already engaged about a thousand universities around the world on our platform. Mm-hmm. Now I said we had 15,000 college profiles, yeah. but we had a thousand universities actively engaging with students on our platform. So, mm-hmm. so uh, we said there is clearly a problem. Our mission is not to take college fairs online. Our mission is yeah. to make education accessible. And that yeah. needs meaningful connections between high schools and universities. Yeah. So we started talking to universities, um, so especially the international admissions teams, also mm-hmm. the global admissions teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, and my U.S. tour um, that I just completed, a four-week tour, was talking to these institutions in America. And I, we realized that you know they're still figuring out how to engage with students online in this pandemic slash post-pandemic. Hopefully, I can say that now. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Don't want to jinx it, but... Um, you know, in this world, they're still trying to figure out how to create meaningful engagements. So, so here we are trying to learn from the students what kind of engagements they want, how do mm-hmm. they want content to be fed to them, 
and what are universities capable of doing and really helping them educate on how to engage this Gen Z. Because the way, you know, Wenged, you and I consume content is very different from how the Gen Z consume content. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Absolutely. So, so that's what we're doing now. I, I know there are lots of successes, lots of growth, and you guys uh, have done amazing. And, and, and congratulations on the huge investment recently as well. Um, I, how, how um, you know, characterize some success stories or, you know, are there some vignettes? Are there some things you want to point to saying, you know, this is happening because of CL4. I mean, I'm sure there are millions of things, but, you know, maybe a couple of vignettes that might tell us a story. Yeah, uh, first of all, thank you for those kind words. Really, the investment is a means to an end. Um, yes. In our, in, our, in our world, especially in the tech world, it becomes a measure of success itself. But really, it's a, <laughs> yeah, it, it's it, not it's an, an end. It's a means it's to a an means. end. Exactly, agreed, yeah. And uh, um, really, you know, I want to reflect on one of the students that we have recently helped. You know, it's fresh in my memory. Um, yeah. So there was a student uh, in India um, who wanted to really go to Australia. Mm-hmm. Um, and borders have been closed, as we are, yeah. you know, were aware in the beginning of the year. Um, yeah. So he didn't end up applying, and you know, he said, "Okay, you know, he'll try to figure this out." Six months in, he had no colleges uh, mm-hmm. that he could go into. He had no college placements, and again, he was, you know, in a school which didn't have a dedicated college counselor. So similar mm-hmm. to my experience. Yeah. So uh, he was navigating through a platform. You know, he got in touch uh, with the team. Um, we directed him to apply to the universities through direct apply. Mm-hmm. Um, he applied to all his uh, dream institutions in Australia because that's mm-hmm. where he was focused on. Yeah. Um, and uh, he got a conditional offer uh, mm-hmm. from the University of New South Wales. Mm-hmm. Uh, he then took it at IELTS because that's a requirement, uh, completed his statement of purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and really uh, then just got in mm-hmm. and uh, we again he went to a school which had no college counselor um, yeah. so this is not part of a natural service and we don't charge for it uh, yeah. but we our team ended up you know just helping the student with the statement of purpose um, you know gu- guided him uh, towards a visa process mm-hmm. visa mm-hmm. was approved and now he's studying in Australia and in very happy uh, and this is, um, you know, why we exist to sure. be able to help students like uh, the student get into universities that they would not have otherwise gotten into, would not have access to, uh, you know, to. And again, it's multi generational impact uh, that uh, this would have, you know, that this would be for the student and the family. Absolutely. And uh, and these and the and the and he's one of the you know thousands of students. Uh, uh, on Cialpo. So this is, you know, a very pandemic uh, driven journey that yeah. is close to our hearts. Um, but what we've seen overall in Cialpo has been a lot of adoption of technology mm-hmm. on the high school side. Uh, earlier, especially in a- Asian countries, uh, technology yeah. is seen as a good to have. Uh, now yeah. it is the need to have, even yeah. if they don't have a dedicated college counselor like the student uh, that I mentioned. Schools are adopting technology very rapid pace. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, that has allowed us to go from like about 500 schools pre-pandemic to mm-hmm. over 2,000 schools uh, globally um, that we're working with. Um, and then on the other side with universities, we're mm-hmm. working with you know over a thousand universities to be able to create these meaningful engagements, you know, with uh, with uh, these students. Now, out of those thousand universities, we have uh, long-term uh, partnerships with about four hundred of them globally uh, that mm-hmm. we are engaging a little more closely and helping them understand how they should be engaging with these students across the journey from you know grade 11 grade 10 up to you know post application and enrollment um and and uh, so there's been faster adoption of technology uh, on both sides on the high school side and the university side um i wouldn't say students are using more technology <laughs> they the this is a, this is the you know digital native generation they've always been using technology right. um but at least on the high school and university side, we're seeing massive adoption, which has, you know, garnered more investor attention uh, and funding in this space as well. You you mentioned a thousand, you know, uh, educational institutions, uh, so four hundred that are that you're closely aligning with or partnering with. What is the geographic distribution of these uh, colleges? Maybe the thousand, I mean, across US, Australia, Canada, that kind of thing. I mean, wh- you know, rough percentages, whatever if you can share. Just Yeah, absolutely. So it is a close reflection of uh, the interest of our students yeah. um, and the destination that they want to study. Uh, yeah. so the four key study abroad, quote unquote, uh, destinations is US, UK, Canada, and Australia. Yeah. Um, and then the fifth uh, key destination is India, um, because we just have a lot of students in India that we operate with by the virtue mm. of the high school adoption. Yeah. And yeah. India is still seen as one of the destinations that they would mm-hmm. consider. And mm-hmm. India, you know, uh, has also opened up a lot of education institutions, which are very different from your traditional, you know, yeah. IITs and NITs, uh, which are offering, you know, new age uh, system of education, which is quite similar to study abroad. So it has become a very specific or, or a very uh, clear alternative to a study abroad destination. Uh, and then of course, we have universities in Western Europe. So Netherlands uh, being a key one and, yeah. um, and some institutions, in Southeast Asia, Japan, Korea. But again, the first five that I mentioned, uh, yeah. it's up uh, 80% or maybe even more, 85% of our university um, members, university partners. Here you are, uh, all this going on. What's ahead? Where, where, you know, um, what is the next five years? What, what happens? And I don't mean in business terms. I'm just sort of talking uh, impact to students and education. Yeah, right now, um, you know, the way we look at impact is the number of students we can help um, get into universities and can make those meaningful connections. Right now, uh, we have 300,000 students on a platform. Yeah. Uh, You know, uh, we are targeting about 100 million students on a platform uh, by 2030. Um, Mm -hmm. So that's a key goal. Um, You know, it's, it's, it's a number, it's a battle cry. It is a number that we aspire towards 
um, yeah. to be able to show and project ourselves the impact that we want to create uh, for yeah. students around the world. Um, we are working with a lot of schools in Asia. Uh, so mm-hmm. India, um, uh, you know, South Asian countries, Bangladesh, Pakistan, um, Middle East, and then Southeast Asia. So that's Singapore, China, uh, Singapore, Malaysia, Thailand, Vietnam, Indonesia, and then China. Mm-hmm. Uh, we want to continue going de- deeper in those markets. This is where mm-hmm. 75% of the students are going out of their home yeah. country. Yeah. Um, so we want to go deeper in those markets, but we'll also be expanding into Africa and Latin America uh, in the coming uh, months and years uh, to yeah. be able to help students in those uh, countries as well. Um, in terms of uh, just our solutions, yeah. Um, we will continue connecting these students to university options globally. We want to be able to get in more universities that we want to help uh, them with in really understanding how to engage with these students better and then be able to create those meaningful engagements for them. Um, and I, I, can, I can go deeper with that. The next, the next, the next aspect of C-Alpha would be making education in itself more accessible. So right yeah. now we're creating these engagements, but if a student is you know being offered a course or a place in a university which is quarter million dollars yeah. and they're not able to get scholarships they will yeah. not be able to actually make use of that uh, opportunity exactly. so it's not only about creating those connections and helping students get offers but a student needs to be able to take up that offer so the financing element is a key aspect uh, yeah. for us and there are different ways that we are solving that problem Mm-hmm. Uh, student debt and education financing is not the only option. Um, um, and there are other options that uh, uh, we are working with our university partners to be able to offer to the student to decrease the cost of tuition for these students. And as we launch, you know, I'd love to share more. Sure, um, sure. And um, then, you know, students really care about uh, the entire experience of studying abroad. You know, safety is big on their minds, mm-hmm. um, diversity, uh, housing, and how we can help them in all of those areas is, again, the the third aspect we will venture into. So giving them the full experience. What would you tell, um, what would your advice be for uh, college-bound students who are in their junior and maybe senior years getting ready to apply? Uh, great question. Um, for students, um, I would say, you know, uh, when you're applying for universities, um, be open to change, um, you know, diversify your options of the universities you would apply to and the countries that you would apply to, uh, you know, uh, you're not, you don't have to choose one destination or one university. What do you think is a dream university? Uh, may change uh, based uh-huh. on what you learn about how these institutions operate. Mm-hmm. So, you know, be open um, in how you think about colleges. Once you're in college, also remain open to change. You mm-hmm. know, uh, those are one of the most um, uh, important uh, years of your life uh, that yeah. your worldviews will be challenged. Uh, so reflect on that, you know, uh, be open for, you know, your world to be shaken in good and positive ways. Right. Um, create 
meaningful relationships, create meaningful experiences. Um, uh-huh. uh, you would have heard as students, uh, these could be the best years of your life. It's certainly, yeah. you know, you don't want your college years to be the best years of your life, <laughs> which indicates <laughs> that the, all the following years are not good, are not good enough. But, uh, you know, hopefully those are the best years of your life to come. Um, yeah. And, you know, uh, um, those are better than the lives, uh, the years that you've spent in high school. Um, and have a lot of fun, um, uh, but in a meaningful way. Um, and um, so that's, that, that would be my advice to the high school students. So Rohan, um, as we start winding down here, um, fun question for you. If you weren't doing C-Alpha, what do you think you might be doing? Oh, gosh. Um, <laughs> Uh, what would I be doing if I'm not doing CL4? I know it's not engineering. I know it's not investment banking. So what's That's what right. Else? That's right. <laughs> not going into those two areas. Um, I think I'll be a college counselor um, yeah. in, in some capacity. I think really I find meaning in helping students if I'm not doing this at scale, you know, which is what CL4 is trying to do. Um, I would, you know, go back to the most fundamental way of helping a student, which is you know, as a college counselor. So I'll probably do that. And, uh, or uh, if I if I can, um, you know, I will do some investing um, in this space, um, back more entrepreneurs like myself uh, to be able to make this difference you know, in different ways. See, Alpha is one way of making a difference. There are other companies in, you know, in different ways, they're making a difference in this space. And, mm-hmm. uh, uh, and really in education technology in general, Mm-hmm. Uh, across age groups, mm-hmm. and uh, I would love to back entrepreneurs in creating that meaningful difference and changing the world through education. So, one of those two, very different, uh, but uh, both meaningful. Absolutely, but but it sounds like education is where your heart is. Um, very good. So, Rohan, this uh, has been fantastic. Um, First of all, I want to congratulate you again for all that you've done and all that you're doing uh, for the students, for the parents, and for their futures, and um, continue the great work. And I'm sure there's a lot more to come. And I'm sure we'll talk again more, but for right now, take care, be safe, and thank you so much. Thank you, Wenger. This was a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Sure thing. I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye. Hi again. Hope you enjoyed our podcast with Rohan Pasari of Cialfo. Cialfo is clearly very personal to Rohan. His commitment and drive to meet the goal of serving 100 million students by the year 2030 is fueling their progress. In particular, Cialfo offers a platform that allows students to research colleges and universities in different countries help determine college fit or match based on student skills and interests. A single application to apply to colleges and universities in different countries empowers counselors in high schools everywhere and a partnership with a thousand institutions to enable high levels of engagement with potential applicants. I hope students, parents and schools check out Cialfo for their own college process. 
for your questions or comments on this podcast please email podcast at almamatters.io thank you all so much for listening to our podcast today transcripts for this podcast and previous podcasts are on almamatters.io forward slash podcasts to stay connected with us subscribe to apple podcasts google podcasts or spotify or visit anchor.fm forward slash alma matters to check us out till we meet again take care and be safe thank you college matters alma, alma matters, matters.